Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. I am very much looking forward to today's episode, how to free yourself from ego, E-G-O, ego, that thing that we're taught to get rid of and annihilate and destroy and transcend the dreaded ego. We're talking about that in today's episode of Soul Talk. I'm going to give you, I would say, three easy steps to begin that journey. Before we dive into today's episode, a couple of things. If you're new to the Soul Talk podcast, welcome. It's great to have you a part of the Soul Talk family, diving deep, exploring matters of the soul and living authentically uh, in every area of your life. Do me a favor, folks. Make sure you uh, share the Soul Talk podcast with friends and family, those you love. I would love it if you wrote a review uh, of Soul Talk in iTunes or whatever platform you listen to Soul Talk on as a way to spread the message. Uh, we want many more people to get access to Soul Talk. Also, um, I have something special coming up in the next uh, upcoming weeks, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. On June the 21st, I am hosting and creating a very special uh, live online virtual summit with 18 of my friends and peers. Uh, it's called the Surrender Summit. The Surrender Summit. A summit that is five days dedicated to giving you the tools to living surrender more fully in every area of your life and harnessing the power of surrender to manifest your true authentic destiny and greatness. It's going to be a life-changing five days, folks. The good news is it's free to attend the entire five days. All you need to do is go to www.thesurrendersummit.com, register your name and your email, and you're going to start receiving all of the info about the summit and uh, a bunch of amazing free gifts. Let your friends and your family know as well. I want as many people on. Uh, we're going to have a five-day deep dive, transformational extravaganza beyond words. I promise you it's going to be powerful. www.thesurrendersummit.com. Find out all the information there. Uh, I'm bringing on everyone from the likes of Neil Donald Walsh, Don, John Gray, Michael Beckwith, Martha Beck, all best-selling authors, as you know, uh, Ariel Ford, Catherine Woodward, Thomas, Michael Mead, Mark Victor Hansen, uh, Jack Cornfield, and folks, the list goes on. There's many more amazing folks. So go to the website, thesurrendersummit.com, register for free now, and spread the word to your communities, friends, and family. 
Look forward to seeing you there. Today's episode, as we begin, how to free yourself from ego, the dreaded ego. So often in our, on our spiritual journey, as you start reading, you come across this thing called ego. It's inevitable that you'll hear about, read about, be taught about this thing called ego. We're taught on the path that ego is bad, ego is wrong, ego is the enemy, ego is almighty, ego needs to be killed, needs to be destroyed, needs to be transcended, needs to be annihilated. You must get rid of your ego in order to be enlightened. You must get rid of your ego and destroy it and kill it in order to be free. Well, how is that working for us? As we're finding out, it really doesn't work. The more we try to get rid of it, the more we try to destroy it, the more we try to uh, make it an enemy, the more power we actually give it, the less free we get. You'll begin to find that the real freedom from ego is not in getting rid of the ego or destroying the ego or annihilating the ego. The real freedom comes from a true understanding of what it is and what it isn't. The real freedom comes from a true understanding of the nature of ego, understanding what it is, how it came into being, how it was created. When you see it for what it is, then you're able to shift your relationship with ego, and ego begins to lose its grip. And when ego begins to lose its grip, then the true freedom of your being, the true freedom of what you are and have always been, the true freedom of what you will always be, regardless of what happens or doesn't happen, becomes more and more natural, more and more pronounced, more and more felt in your daily experience. So let me start by saying ego is not the ego. And sometimes the drive to get rid of ego can be ego in and of itself. And the more we try to get rid of it, the more power we give it, the more we actually end up reinforcing ego. So the job of the ego is to reinforce its existence. The job of the ego is to reinforce its sense of I exist, I'm real. So when you first shift your relationship and right understanding with ego, the reason things transform is because you begin to realize that ego is neutral. Ego isn't good or bad, like electricity is neutral. It can kill someone or it can feed all the orphans and the children and light up the hospital where the sick people are. It's not good or bad. It's how you use it, but it can also electrocute people. Ego is not good or bad. It can limit you or it can serve a function. In this three-dimensional human experience, we all have an ego and we will all have an ego in order to function in the 3D world. That's fact. I have an ego. Dalai Lama has an ego. The difference is how attached are you to the ego? You see, ego is the sense of identification. Ego is not a thing. If you look at your phone, your phone is a thing. If you look at your laptop, your laptop is a thing. Your car is a thing. Your pet 
chihuahua is a thing, right? These are objects that you can hold. And we often reference ego like it's an object you can hold. Here's my ego, take a look, it's sitting on the couch. That's not true. The more we see ego as an objective thing, the more power we give it. Ego in and of itself is a process. When you can just shift your understanding and understand that ego is a process, like if you have a bicycle, a bicycle is a thing. It's an object. The process of cycling, cycling when you start pedaling, that is a process. The process is not a static objective thing. It's a process that comes into being in motion. When you're in stillness, not pedaling, there's nothing. So ego comes into motion in the process of motion and in the process of identification. So ego comes into, in, into reality, in quotation marks, when we identify ourselves as this body, this name, this form, our religion, our past, our experiences, our memories, our traumas, our successes, this becomes our identity. The more tightly we hold on to our sense of self as this thing called me, our identity, and the way we identify ourselves, name, body, form, past experience, memory, this person, persona, that is ego. The process of identification is ego. And when you start seeing that and you understand that, it changes the game because you realize that ego is not just a static thing. Many times when you hear people say, no, this is just who I am, it's who I am, it's who I, I am this. That is a misconception. That is an illusion. That is a limitation. You are not that. Those things that we tend to hold tightly onto are just concepts, are just labels based on interpretations that we made up from childhood and different experiences from our past that we hold so tightly onto ego. And the holding onto that then ends up in prison us and we end up living inside of the prison of that identification, the prison of that label. I'm not enough. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm too this. I'm too that. But none of those labels are what you are. The degree to which we hold on to those labels is ego. If you met the Dalai Lama and you said, hey, Dalai Lama, how are you this morning? He would turn around. He, he would respond and say whatever he would say. Let's assume he would say, I'm fine. I'm blissful. I'm happy. I'm great. I'm good. Without ego, the Dalai Lama would not be able to respond. Without ego, the Dalai Lama wouldn't even know you were referencing him. He would just keep walking or he would just sit, sit there basically, and be staring off into the skies with no sense of identification of him as the Dalai Lama. Now, someone like the Dalai Lama likely has a healthy relationship with ego, so he's not so attached to his Dalai Lama-ness, but we get so attached to our successes and our failures and our positions and our titles and our labels. Like, do you know who I am? This is who I am. And those labels aren't who we are. The Dalai Lama, someone like the Dalai Lama, knows that the Dalai Lama is not who he really is. 
And so ego is the vehicle, simply the vehicle that spirit, consciousness, uses in this lifetime to drive around and navigate this three-dimensional experience. It is a necessary vehicle for you to navigate in this three-dimensional experience and to have a, he a healthy relationship with ego is helpful. To have a healthy relationship with ego is not an issue, it's not a problem. It's when we start really believing ourselves to be that, that it becomes the problem. And so ego is not the enemy. Ego is neutral. Ego just is. And so what's your relationship with ego? The more we try to get rid of ego, the more we try to kill the ego. See, the ego loves that. That's another ego game. The seeking of enlightenment, because if I can then get enlightened, I'm going to be free of ego. So I seek enlightenment, seek enlightenment, seek enlightenment. The ego then does all of these spiritual practices to do all these things, to seek enlightenment. But the job of the ego is to reinforce its existence. One of the ways it does that is to constantly seek. And so the ego wants to seek and seek and seek and never find. Because the process of seeking keeps it in existence. The, job of the, the process of seeking reinforces the sense of ego's false existence. So one of the sneaky ways that ego hides, one of the sneaky ways that ego hides out is in fact, in one of the last hideouts, spirituality, spiritual seeking. The ego, imagine this, the ego seeking to get rid of ego. The drive of the ego seeking to get rid of ego can never lead to transcending or going beyond the freeing yourself of ego because the ego doesn't want to be free of ego. So recognize first and foremost that what you are is not ego. You are not those labels and identifications and feelings and thoughts and beliefs and stories. None of those are what you are. None of those are what you are. You see, as children, when we were born, we were born free. You look at a child, a child is free, a child is unconditioned. A child will jump on a table and sing and dance, and it will sing like a it, it will sing at the top of its lungs. It doesn't care if it doesn't sound like Bruno Mars or Shade. It doesn't care if it can't. When we were children, we would dance like no one was watching. We didn't care if we didn't have James Brown or Michael Jackson moves. As kids, we would run around naked and we didn't care that we had a few rolls in our belly and maybe didn't look good on Instagram. We were just free. We would poop our pants. We would fall down. We weren't taught what was right or wrong, good or bad, how to behave. When we were really, really young, we would hit our heads, cry, stand up and keep going. We didn't have this grip identification with ourselves as ego. We weren't full of ego. We were just in touch with the pure essence of our being. We were surrendered to life. We were just being the, the, the pure magnificence of our own innate divinity until we started to get conditioned. So we weren't locked in ego. Yet as adults, we get locked in ego. We get so locked in ego. We think that, e that, that ego is just all some sort of like a, a cocky person. Oh, Kenya West is full of ego. That entrepreneur is full of ego. Donald Trump is full of ego. But the funny thing is I've met yogis and, and vegans and spiritual folks that have as much ego as those people I just mentioned. 
ego is a sense of identification with oneself as name, form, body. I met many spiritual folks that are full of ego too. Like, oh, look at how, look at how enlightened I am. Look at how amazing I am. Look at how spiritual I am. Is as much ego as on the flip side. So relationship with is the key. You are not those labels. You are not those things you identify with, even if you think you are. So as children, we weren't identified with those things. We were just free being, pure essence of what happens. What happens? And how does ego get created? Here's what happens. The first step is we're born into this three-dimensional experience. It's dense down here on planet Earth, isn't it? It's full of so much stuff. Pain, hurt, trauma. And so we're born into a preset framework, meet, and we meet our parents. We meet our parents, and they're just doing the best that they can do based on their childhood, based on their upbringing. Maybe they're dealing with their own unresolved conditioning from their parents, their grandparents. Also, we're born into a soup and a framework of, of ancestral karma and conditioning. We're now born into the stew of ancestral karma and conditioning that begins to affect us slowly, slowly, slowly. And maybe your parents were, you know, maybe dad was an alcoholic, mom had mental health issues. Maybe they were fighting all the time. There's a lot of pain for us as children when we experience our parents fighting and we don't feel safe. We don't feel secure. We don't feel our needs are being met. Maybe your parents were very nice, but they weren't emotionally present and able to meet your needs. So two things happen as ego begins to get created. The first thing is, number one, often unconsciously, we begin to shut down, disconnect, and start developing all of these defense mechanisms and, and survival mechanisms to not feel the pain. We suppress, first thing is we suppress, we suppress, we suppress the emotion, suppress, suppress, suppress the fear, suppress, suppress, suppress the hurt, suppress, suppress, suppress the sadness, suppress, suppress. The, so we start suppressing and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of unfelt feeling, unprocessed emotion begins to build up. And before you know it, our true light, our true essence gets hidden underneath the unfelt feelings and emotions. Our true essence gets hidden. Our light is now hidden. It's always there. Freedom is always there. True nature is always there, but now it gets hidden. Then we start learning all sorts of survival strategies and mechanisms to protect ourselves from feeling that pain. We hold tightly into a certain way. We develop walls. We numb ourselves, we become cold, aloof, disconnected, we become overly analytical, we shut down our feeling dimension, we erect walls around our hearts so that we never get hurt and feel that pain again. We hold tightly to that way of being as a way to not feel that pain. That gets reinforced because now we erect walls and an entire fortress around our heart to never feel that pain again, what worked for us when we were five. Now we're 10, now we're 15, now we're 18. Worked for us in our childhood to never feel that pain again. We hold so tightly to a way of being to never feel that pain again. Now we're 25, 30, unable to open our hearts, unable to love fully, unable to breathe, unable to be, and what, unable to feel the depth of intimacy, unable to, to let love in. What worked for us when we were young now gets in the way of our capacity to be human, our capacity to be fully alive. But we're holding so tightly to that defense fortress mechanism that we have erected in order to never feel that pain again. This is why and how ego gets created, that holding on 
positionality, that way we hold on to never feeling that pain again, because I never want to feel that helpless when I was five. I never want to feel that out of control. I never want to feel that alone. I never want to feel that rejected. So this is what I become. That holding on tightly is ego. And that's why the job of the ego is to make sure you never get hurt and feel that pain again. Then we go as children. We move into our teens and we start learning all sorts of ways to get love, validation, and approval. We contort ourselves into a certain shape in order to get love, validation, and approval. We become who we think we need to be to get love, validation, approval. We betray parts of ourselves in order to get love, validation, approval. We wear a role, a mask, a persona in order to get love, validation, and approval. For me, some of you know my story. If you don't, check out my book, You Are The One. My father was a minister, a healer, a miracle man. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, a huge church in London. I was supposed to take over my father's churches at age 14. I was ordained. There were all of these expectations, all of these hopes pinned on me. My entire life was set out for me. So for me, I learned to be the, 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 the special son. I learned to be the perfect son. I learned to be the a great student. I learned to be the responsible one. I learned to be the caretaker. I learned to be, I mean, the list goes on. You get the picture. These were the roles I learned to play in order to get love, validation, approval from my father and everyone around or what I thought I needed to be and who I thought I needed to be. And I held tightly onto that way of being and that roles, those roles, those masks, those personas, we hold tightly onto it gets reinforced because everyone says, ah, good coon, good son, good daughter. You're so sweet. You're so kind. You're so responsible. You're so intelligent. You're so clever. You're so, and then that fills us up. We hold even more tightly to that way of being. And we end up thinking, here is the issue, folks. We end up thinking that this is who we are. We end up believing that that's who we are. And this is where, because we hold so tightly into this shape and this pattern of conditioning that we have learned to be to avoid pain and get love and validation, and now we're contorted into a certain pattern of conditioning, a certain shape that becomes our persona, our personality. We think this is who we are. That holding on is ego. As you can see, if you can understand that that holding on is just a pattern of conditioning. It's not who you are, it's ego. The danger is we think that that is who we are and ego is what we are, but we are not. And this is why it's often hard to surrender. And this is why it's often hard to let go. And this is why it's often hard to reinvent ourselves. This is why it's often hard to embrace change because the ego wants to hold on and hold on and hold on and never change. We want the world to change. Ego wants the world to change. Ego wants everyone else to change, but ego doesn't want to change because the job of the ego is survival. The job of the ego is to reinforce its existence. The job of the ego is to keep you safe so you never feel hurt again. And the fear is if I let go, if I let go of this pain, if I forgive, if I question myself, if I see life differently, if I surrender, if I trust more, if I open, if I open and let go of this way that I've learned to function, survive, and hold on, then... I'm going to get hurt again. And what will happen again, what will happen in my life now will be a replication, a repeat of what happened in my childhood. And no, so I'm going to hold on and I'm going to try to control everything because if I can micromanage and control everything in my life and avoid change, then I don't have to get hurt again and I'm safe. And this is how and why life begins to stagnate 
This is how life begins to stop flowing. Does that make sense, folks? When you understand that this is what ego is, the holding on, our sense of identity, we believe ourselves to be that. And it doesn't help too because it gets reinforced by our parents. This is what you are. This is who you're not. This is what you believe. On top of that, now society reinforces that. Media reinforces that. This is what beautiful is. Check out a magazine, any magazine on a magazine stand. Check out Instagram. Check out Netflix. Check out you know YouTube. Check out uh, reality shows. This is what beautiful is. Watch the Kardashians. What I mean, the list goes on. This is what beautiful is. This is what you should look like. This is what you should be like. This is how you should do your hair. This is this is what success is and we're, we're, we're hypnotized and seduced and conditioned and our identity now gets reinforced and so ego when we understand what ego is then we can begin seeing that ego isn't bad when you can shift your relationship with okay I'm not those things then you can understand that ego isn't bad Ego doesn't need to be killed. Ego doesn't need to be gotten rid of. Ego is a necessary part of, of the functioning in this lifetime. What's important is your relationship with, with ego and having a healthy relationship with, with ego. That's key. That's the foundation. Then all the problems, then the fight drops away. The fight drops away. I believe that enlightenment is an, 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 an annihilation of ego. True enlightenment is the recognition of what ego is and isn't and having right relationship with ego. That's, to me, what true enlightenment is. Then the ability for you to live in this world healthily, owning your boundaries, healthily respecting yourself whilst not taking yourself too seriously, knowing and so holding yourself Hold and complete, and also not holding on to yourself too tightly. When you understand what ego is and isn't, then that can shift your relationship because you can start seeing that ego isn't bad. That this 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 condition pattern of what we call ego, it means well. This is the shift number two. Number one, you're not those things. Number two, you're not those labels, right? Number two is realizing and seeing that the, the holding on condition pattern of ego has a positive intention. When you understand that, that this holding on, this tight control, this, this, this thing, ego is not bad. It's just trying to keep you safe. It means well, underlying ego is a positive intention. So rather than forcing yourself to get rid of it and drop it, because if you notice, the more you force ego, you force yourself to get rid of ego, the more ego often reacts and says, hell no, I'm holding on even stronger because letting go, surrender for the ego can feel like a death. Hello? Do you get what I'm saying, folks? It feels like a death. Why does it feel like a death? Because we believe ourselves to be that. When you can recognize that, that you don't have to fight ego, you can step back and observe, the, observe yourself, observe your conditioned patterns and begin the process of questioning yourself. Who am I really? Am I really those beliefs? Do I really believe that? Is that really me? Is that really what I want? Is that really true about me? Is that really true about life? 
would I be doing this if I didn't need to do this? Would I be feeling this and thinking this and acting this way if I didn't need to act? If I didn't need to be or do or act this way, who would I really be being and doing and acting? And so just the process of beginning to question yourself, question your beliefs, question your stories, question your way of seeing, framework of seeing the world, knowing that, oh, I'm not those. I just thought I was those. What are you afraid to question about yourself? And we're often afraid to question our assumptions and who we are and our stories because it's scary for the ego to do that. Who would I be without these beliefs and these stories? Who would I be if I wasn't holding on to myself as this structure? So begin to question yourself. You see, then underneath the holding on of our position of ego, right? So then, then let, me, let me just say something. Then you can meet yourself with compassion. If you understand that, wow, this, this holding on, this sabotage, this way of being, this defense mechanism, this disconnection, this wall in my heart is trying to it, keep me safe and not get hurt, then hopefully you can, rather than forcing and judging and beating yourself up, can begin to meet yourself with compassion, begin to meet yourself with mercy, begin to meet yourself with a moment of empathy. It's love, folks. It's, it's the compassion and the mercy and the loving that begins, and, and you holding ego, you holding yourself and your patterns with that sense of just compassion, where the ego can begin to feel safe enough to relax. It's the loving. It's the loving that allows you to loosen the grip of ego without judgment. And when you can meet yourself with empathy, then you start realizing that underneath that holding on or that identified way of being that you think you are is usually some level of pain, or should we say emotion and feeling, some feeling that we've, we've been conditioned to suppress. Then what's important is you create the space and time in your life, in your day, to allow those feelings to come up, those feelings that you try to avoid, deny, suppress, and run away from from childhood and created this ego structure in order to never feel that pain again. And so part of the healing and the letting go, the letting go of the limitations and the grip of ego is creating the healthy space to, to meet yourself with love and compassion and to give yourself the time and the space to start feeling underneath the holding on, underneath the behaviors, to start feeling the the feelings that you've learned to suppress and deny and not feel. Our entire ego structure is built to control not feeling those feelings. And if you can slowly and gently with compassion just touch into those feelings, I've done several uh, podcasts, folks, on how to feel your feelings. Uh, look in the podcast uh, menu. Okay, depending on what platform you're listening to, how to feel your feelings, how to feel your grief. As you start feeling your feelings and you start moving through them and letting them go and letting them go, this way it's often said you have to feel it to heal it and you let those layers go, then you no longer have to hold tightly onto your own sense of self as an ego in order to not feel the pain because now you're no longer avoiding it. I'm really hoping that makes sense. Feel those feelings. Let it go. The way you held onto yourself as an ego 
no longer has to hold on. And now you can open up more and open up more of your heart, open up more of yourself. And the light, that true light of your being, that true light of your essence, that true light of your soul can begin shining through more and more and more and more. Then you return to your innocence. And so recognizing you on those labels, begin to observe, question and observe your patterns. Begin to meet yourself with that love and that compassion and start feeling some of those feelings and allowing them to move through, knowing that no feelings last forever. All feelings are temporary and all feelings that are fully felt will dissolve. Will dissolve. And then the grip of the ego starts unraveling and more of your soul, more of your true essence begins shining through. Folks, giving you about three to four steps here of how to free yourself from ego. When you free yourself from ego, because when you're locked in ego, it's like, you're, it's like imagine going to a dance party. You go to a dance party and the DJ plays Elvis, the, the DJ plays reggae and you have a three-step dance. The DJ plays electronic, you still do the same dance. The DJ plays samba, you still do the same dance. The, 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 the DJ plays soul, James Brown funk, you still do the same dance. The degree to which you're conditioned and locked in your ego is the degree to which you are not free. You don't have free will. You're just responding and reacting based on the conditioning of your past. You're programmed. You're programmed. Real freedom. Real freedom is to live and move and act, not from conditioning of ego, but from the depth of your being, the depth of what you truly are, which is that I am presence. Because if you lost your memory, completely and you woke up in hospital right now and the doctor said you lost your memory forever what's the only thing you can know for sure the doctors would have to tell you who you are what your name is which ethnicity you are where you where you live and you would what could you say other than okay all these things you've been taught everything we believe about ourselves we've learned or we've been conditioned or we've been taught by someone the only thing you could know for sure in that hospital room I am. You would look around. You, I am in LA. I am in Miami. Someone tells you that. The only thing you can know for sure is I am. I am. That's the freedom, folks. I am. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Soul Talk podcast. There was a lot more I wanted to share, but I'll leave it here for now. Remember, Sign up for the Surrender Summit. We're going to go deeper into topics like this, www.thesurrendersummit.com, June the 21st. Read all about it, register, share with all your friends and family. Let's create a revolution in living authentically. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, write a review on Amazon. Share this episode with everyone in your life that you love. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply 
Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.